It's time to talk 49ers football on Gold Faithful with Brian Peacock and Nick Winkler. I don't know that they were a step ahead. I mean, obviously they were a step ahead. There he is. Short and sweet for Jim Tom Obviously. <laughs> I don't know. I, I have no idea what were the answer they? to that question is, but it's an obvious yes. <laughs> Whatever you ask me, I'm going to nod. <laughs> uh, Great yeah. stuff. And, yep, yeah, just the ongoing... He's just he's baffled, you know, constantly. And it's it's unbelievable. Week 17. He's, We're going to week 17 now. And he just doesn't have an answer really. He's for anything. so over his head on every level. I mean, yeah, he's a player's coach and he should probably be a line coach right. or he should be a specialty coach of some kind. I mean, he's not a head coach in this football in, in the NFL. No. And it, if they keep him around for another season, it's just going to be another year of us like just shaking our heads, just uh, sighing at the beginning of every show. Yeah, you saw how quickly they got away from Colin Kaepernick this year when he was playing really, right? good, really bad, and and Tom Sula is coaching at that level right now, where it's like you know you've seen enough, you, you got to. Yeah, and I I don't like to be the type of guy that just is calling for people's heads, you know. But, but at the same he's, time, yeah, he's in over his head. It's just it's so I think obvious. It's obvious. His press <laughs> his press conferences though, uh, they're like sign language for deaf football fans who don't know real sign language yet. <laughs> Does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love that. watching his press conference on mute. Just all the hand oh. gestures. It's amazing. They're very amusing. We definitely, yeah. we, we start pretty much every show with, with a, a it, Jimmy T-ism. If Tom Sula does get fired, I'm going to miss him. Yeah, I'm going to miss the guy. If Do you we, think he would take a demotion? Do you think? I that? mean, he'll, he'll coach defensive line in the NFL somewhere next year. I mean, I'm sure people will be lining up to have him coach their team because he's, right. he's a good coach. He's a good line he's coach. He's got a lot of experience, of course. And, uh... But it'd be, I'd be really, really surprised if he'd be okay with doing that for the 49ers. Really? Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't be that surprised. He just seems like that kind of guy where they'd be like, hey, listen, thanks again <laughs> for stepping in, taking this bullet for us because it's been a rough year. Hey, you want to just uh, step back into your role? No big deal. No one will even notice. No one will remember. It's I don't fine. know, man. That's like dumping your sure. girlfriend. Sure, hey, yeah, whatever you guys want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. Yeah. That's like dumping your girlfriend and then asking her to, like, give you a ride to your new girlfriend's house. Yeah, hey, can you marry me and my new girlfriend? <laughs> yeah. It's fine. You know, we need I'm going to go out drinking with my new girlfriend. Can you drive us home? Well, can I call you when we're done? And you can just <laughs> – we can make out in the back of your car. It's fine, right? <laughs> it's no big deal. Yeah, I don't quite see that. Hey, we got some great guests today. It's going to oh, be a really fun show. Absolutely. Yeah, we got Matt Barrows, of course, Sacramento Bee writer. Um, he's always fantastic on the show. We'll talk he's to him about – I really want to get his take on, on future. I know there's still another week – of football to be played, nearly meaningless. I mean, it's kind of just draft position, right. guys playing for for roles next year. I actually saw something really funny. Uh, Chris Biederman, who we've had on this show, friend of the show, uh, tweeted something today. He was like, I, I asked uh, Tory Smith uh, if if uh, a win in Week 17 could build some momentum to next season. And it was just, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Which I completely agree with. How can you how can well, you build momentum for next season? It's not going to be the same team. It's funny because Blaine Gabbert had the exact opposite, opposite. quote. I and know. we're going to talk. Barrow's had an article about it, so we'll ask him about that a little Love bit it. later. We also have Danny Kleppinger, Rams yeah. reporter. She's a friend of the show, and always great to talk to you. Get a little insight on the Rams. She's uh, hanging out for Week 17 and into out the offseason. Napa County too, right yeah, now. She's in Napa, getting a little tipsy. Yeah. Probably. Well, the Rams did this thing where they played in Seattle, and then instead of going home, they kind of pulled a. A playbook out of the Harbaugh move there where you right. kind of stay. The Youngstown thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what they did is they just flew down and stayed in Napa, and they're training up at the uh, the Raiders offseason training facility. So good for them. That was a smart play. Yeah, we'll see. Well, yeah, we we'll will see, see on works. Sunday. What's up? <laughs> We're going to get our butts kicked. 
Yeah, they they don't have a quarterback. They don't, but they have Todd and Gurley. It's, so. obvious, it's like the big obvious hole in that team. That team could probably, you know, they haven't had the greatest season in 2015, but they could probably turn things around really quickly. Um, Are you super just jealous at the quarterback position that they have Todd Gurley? I'm so jealous. Yeah, uh, I didn't like the draft pick when it happened. No. But when you see him on the field, you're like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I see I what you it. did there. Yeah, yeah. I totally get it. I get it now. Yeah. And and everybody talked about it. I mean, it, you know, when it when it happened, they're like, "Wow, that might be really big for them. That might be really good." But like you said, yeah, they need a quarterback. You need a quarterback to win in the NFL. They don't have one. We don't have one. That's why we're both at the bottom of the NFL when it's it that. comes to passing and just the overall record. Definitely talk some more Rams here in a little bit at the end of the show. Uh, big news: Eagles fire. Chip Kelly. That was a big play, and it's just so weird, the timing of it. You know, like on a Tuesday, right before the final week of the season. I mean, I guess he's a lame duck. You know, right. what was the, already it was like it. the Singletary, Tom yeah. Sula. Like, so do you that think sort of that the, the new guy who's going to be the interim head coach is then going to get passed over for a head coaching job, and then in a few years he's going to take over as the new head coach? Yes, that's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> Market, you heard it here first. <laughs> that is what's happening. A lot of lot of rumors that you know the 49ers might be interested in Chip Kelly. Also, right. you know, you start hearing the Mike Holmgren talk again. That's you, you can just set your clock to the Mike yeah. Holmgren. If there's a, an opening in in San Francisco at, at the head coach position, Mike Holmgren even name when there's is going to be involved. Technically, not a head coach well, opening. Well, that's true. That's and hey, from from what we've heard, all the whispers out of. Jed York's camp is that Tom Sula will be back. I don't know. And that was a few weeks ago now. So I don't know if this end of the season has changed things. Oh, you Uh, know what? I really want to ask Matt Barrows. I'm going to ask you right now the same question. Okay. How excited are you to hear from Jed York? Oh, that's going to be huge. Our our season ending season review show is going to be awesome. So we can't do that until Jed speaks. I know. And I just can't wait for that. I mean, I think next week, like if he doesn't speak until Thursday or something, we have to wait. Right. Oh, absolutely. We we have to just wait until he's spken so that we can then hold him accountable. Well, I'm going to ask Matt if he's going to hold him accountable. (laughs) Will you please hold him accountable for all of us? Will you stab him in the ribs with your pen? (laughs) Just give him this look right here. Give him this look. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking really mad. Just Yeah, just this shake your head. It's not video. So uh, I, I do want to talk about something I saw this week. The Vikings torched the New York Giants mm-hmm. 49-10, to 10, I believe, was the final score there. Yeah, that, was that was towards the end of the game. I don't know. There might have been another garbage time score at the end. Um, so remember, that's the same Minnesota team the 49ers dominated in week one. Made them look bad. And uh, they almost beat New York on the road, too. Um don't know what to take away from that, except maybe the coaching staff can draw up a great game plan with an entire offseason to prepare. I saw some Twitter talk of Coughlin being on the hot seat and possibly out in New York. Like, it just, to me, is so baffling. This guy's won two Super Bowls. And yeah. you, got, you have one down season, and it's like, oh, no, you're done. Wasn't he on the hot seat He seems two he's on the hot ago, seat every year. Or was it last year? And I feel like kinda... last year he was on the hot seat, and then he signed an extension. Yeah, they, like, really, they need some offensive line help is what that team needs. Yeah. Oh, oh. We're kind of uh, <laughs> that's that's a little bit of what we need yeah, as well. well. Actually, Barrels read a gr- great article about the 49ers' needs, and you know, obviously, they need help everywhere. Right. Uh, I want to talk to him about that. We'll we'll put a put a, put a stick yeah, in that. Don't one. jump the gun here. Yeah, I get excited. Drew Brees rumors too, which I I, I saw some of these in the beginning no of the way. season, and I'm thinking, no way you let Drew Brees go. You. But you then can't. again, you got to get rid of a guy before he's done, right? I mean, that's the thing. You get rid of him a year too early as, a, as opposed to a year too late. Right. And Sean Payton is also kind of like a, a team deal. They're talking about both guys could be up for grabs. I, I don't. I can't see them just cutting either guy, really. Can you I mean, imagine Breeze is due a ton mad? of money, so that I can see the money thing. But Niners have nothing but cap room. Right. Um, but, but with no offensive line, is it going to look like it looked in New Orleans for I mean, him this last year? you got to assume too many teams would be all over both of those guys if they become available. But uh, watching Breeze tear up the Jags, who have a 
not the greatest defense right. actually, but um, but with the, the torn plantar fascia. Bill Walsh, by the way, loved Drew Brees. Do you remember back? Because I mean, I'm obviously a draft nerd, but um, pre. I must have read this out of a newspaper. The internet was around. It was the 2000 <laughs> draft when uh, – because he was like a consultant at this point. He wasn't right. – he was pulling the strings kind of behind the, the scenes. It was the Donahue era, right? I remember that. Um, but supposedly he loved Breeze. The 49ers had the third pick in the draft that year. And if he came out early, which he did not, the 49ers were going to take him number three overall. Wow. And instead he stayed and he fell to the first pick of the second round in 2001. That was the year the Niners traded back from the third pick with the Washington. They got uh, Julius Peterson, a mid-plumber. Right. John Engelberger. That was that year. Engelberger. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was the year that the Chargers traded the Eli, right? All of that. And they got Tomlinson and Breeze, right? Or that was the next year? No, that was... The next year, yes. Right, right. Yeah, but, that, yeah, yeah. but I mean, what a, what a deal yeah. for them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you bring in, well, LaDainy Tomlinson, Hall of Famer, right, this year? <laughs> I mean, right. he's eligible. He's getting in. Right. Uh, and then, uh, can you imagine getting Breeze on the 49ers? I mean, they don't have all the weapons, but at the same time, like, Torrey Smith had a ridiculously down year. But if you look at his average numbers, he, he was actually asked to, uh, what do you take from your season? And I loved it because he just said, terrible. It was terrible. My, my season was terrible. And it was. 28 receptions, 600 yards, 4 touchdowns, only 53 targets. In four years, he's averaged 109 targets a year. Half right. of what he got this year. He also averages 53 receptions, just under 900 yards, and 7.5 and and touchdowns. So the 49ers signed him to a 5-year, $40 million deal. Didn't like it at the time. Like it even less right now. But you bring in a guy like Drew Brees, he makes everybody better, right? Yeah, it, it's almost as if the 49ers at this point are not trying to score points. It's like they don't want to score points. Well, they there was a thing about Blaine Gabbard, too, where he's like, yeah, you know, this offseason I'm really going to work on not playing so carefully. Because that's what he does. You see it. I mean, what were they? Right. What, they have one th- or two third down conversions yet again? Like, it's just so pathetic. They keep throwing all these like, oh, it's third and three. I'm going to throw a zero-yard pass. Oh, it's third and ten. I'm going to throw <laughs> yeah. a four-yard pass. There, it's every time you can sit. You want to set your watch to something? Set it to that. You know, right. like, oh, third and ten. Here comes the six-yard pass. Right. There was the Jared Hayne, the two-yard oh. pass on third and three. Oh, Jared, Jared Hayne. Hayne. Oh, hey. <laughs> we need, the like, a sounder when we, when we say his name. Yeah. Um, Got that Price is Right sounder? That's a good one right there. That is in here somewhere. Jared Hayne, come on now. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah, so. Excited to see. He started the game. You know, the first series there, no punts uh, to return for him. Ellington got one. Fair catch, though, right? Um, right, yeah, so yeah. no no returns But Jared Hayne, nine carries, 27 yards. Also had five receptions. Busy out of the backfield. Natural catching the ball. He looked good. Yeah. He looked really um, good. He, you know, he didn't look that explosive back there, but you, you, you can't blame a guy for that. He's been out for this long. He's timid. He doesn't want to right. fumble. And speaking of, of playing careless or carefully, that's yeah. kind of like that, that was what he was doing. It looked like, What's yeah, nice. Both hands on the ball. He's still on the 53-man roster, meaning we're probably going to see him again this weekend, which if, is If it's very not exciting. just the Jared Hayne and Mike Davis show, then it'll be really frustrating. He played uh, a position-high 35 snaps. Dwan Harris looked pretty good, too. Yeah. For a guy they basically Just signed off the street, in. yeah, <laughs> he, he had 11 carries, 73 yards, also had a reception as well. Uh, we're probably going to see a lot of those guys. Gaskins was almost non-existent, like they brought him in on the goal line there at the end of that first drive. Which, hey, opening drive touchdown, their first of the year. Yes, last team in the NFL to get an opening uh, drive touchdown. The second half, yeah, not as good, but not they, yeah, good. So if you do, if you all. if you're able to pick pieces of little things out of every game throughout mm-hmm. the year and piece that into one game, Yeah, that opening drive would be the, the part of this Maybe game. Maybe you can get that take. second half against Pittsburgh when they were playing catch-up, right. too, with Kaepernick still in there. Yes. 
<laughs> put those it's together. Fun. Maybe that'll be our offseason review. We can put one game together of really good 49ers football. Maybe next week we could do go back to like our list thing that we used to do in the beginning where we can yeah. then say like oh, top yeah. five people that should be gone next year. We'll definitely start hitting the top five list in the offseason. Yeah. That's great. A lot idea. of lists, a lot of lists. Oh yeah, so they had only one three and out though. So that was that was a lot better to see. Uh still just one of nine on third down conversions. It was their first first quarter touchdown of the year. They had not scored a first quarter touchdown since like week sixteen of last year. Horrible. That's horrible. Pretty unbelievable. Actually. Eleven penalties too. I mean, it was a pretty ugly game against the Lions. The Lions. Matt, Matt Stafford just you know he made them look silly, as he does. Right. That's kind of been his thing he since Jim Bob Cooter. Yeah. Came on board. Jim any, Bob Cooter. Turned- any chance you can get that Cooter in there? You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. It's fun to, to throw that uh, in. Pro Football Focus again mm-hmm. had uh, nose tackle Ian Williams as the highest in that game, and yeah. he was he made their list of uh, the best of the week. Mm-hmm. You know, they do like position by position best players of the week. He'd probably be up there best Plus of the five. season, right? Yeah, for the 49ers? They, he's I really mean, an underrated, yeah. underrated guy. Um, they do a secret superstar in the offseason for each team, and there's a good chance he's the 49ers' secret superstar. Right. Not, nose nobody tackles talks about don't Ian get a Williams. whole lot of love. Right. Uh, Jaquiski Tart, by the way, was negative three point three on the game. That was he made the the league's worst of the. Yeah, week. I mean, you know, he wasn't expected to be playing this much. You know, he kind of got thrust into this Draw position. By far, yeah, yeah, but that, yeah, that's what we need at this point. Agreed. All the 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 young guys need to be in there, uh, getting some game valuable game experience. Right. Gotta love that. Vance McDonald had a positive grade, five catches, yeah, yeah. on seven targets. I don't, I don't think he had any drops. No, up and down season for that yeah. guy. He, I, just inconsistent player. Um, that Gabbard spread it around. Yeah, you well, know, we got five catches, Bolden, three for Ellington. Yeah, yeah Patton had one, Smith had two. Kept finding his running backs out of the backfield. He takes what the defense gives, Yeah, and a lot of times the defense is willing to give you something short. And so I, that's kind of where Gabbert's been. And Gabbert talked about, you know, I'm just a grip it and rip it kind of guy, but are you? Like, I feel like you're a grip <laughs> it and slowly check yeah. it down kind of guy. That's Yeah, that's more his speed. He, he also talked about that's something he's going to work on in the offseason, playing, playing less you know, conservative, less... It's almost like he doesn't want to lose the job, but he he can't. He can't lose it. This would have been the time to really let it go and sling it. And maybe he will. Next year, there's a good chance he will be able to lose the job to somebody behind him. Right. Some young quarterback that they draft or some young free agent that they bring in. Or or who knows? Maybe they go out and they do sign you know, or make a trade for for a big-name quarterback. I can't imagine anyone wanting to come to San Francisco. That's a that's one of the hugest bummers about this whole baffling front office situation that's mm-hmm. been going on for the 49ers is if there was that guy out there can you get them to come to the to the 49ers. Yeah, you just need to get that one guy I think first. Like they have what 40 million dollars in cap room or something like you need to bring in that one like okay, we do have Anthony Davis coming back and look we signed a right guard. Look, our line's looking solid right now. That you know, we we brought in a solid center or you know, Kilgore's back and he's looking good. Right. And then you can start building pieces like look, 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 no you will have time in the pocket. Look, Carlos Hyde is healthy. Yeah. Yes, Bolden was coming back, you know? Like we do have these pieces. Coaching staff Co- obviously, that's the number one thing. You gotta get rid of Tom Sula and Chris. I don't mind keeping Mangini around for another year. You know, give him another run, right? You want him out? Uh, no, I don't want him out. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to pound the table for him. No, of course not. But yeah, you're right. Of all the the high ranking uh, coaches, he's he probably would be the... the one that I think his job is the safest for sure. Right. What do you think about Balky? You think that's? Uh... Gosh, you know, it just. Everybody's job gets less secure in my mind every week. Yeah. And when you really isolate what Balky's done on his watch, all the really good players, all the all the the players that really were part of of that Super Bowl team and of the the really successful 49ers in mm-hmm. recent years was kind of pre-Balky. Right. Um 
you know, Bowman, he's made some good draft picks, you know, but he's missed a ton of early picks. That's, that's and hard. And he's found some gems at the end of drafts. Uh, free agents been hit or miss. This this last offseason was just so bad. So bad. And it's bad. magnified a lot of things. So um, that, that's going to be interesting. It's if you got to take a really hard look at Balky. Um, but I would be surprised if he's gone. I, it, it would take, I think, I don't think Jed's just going to fire Balky and bring in a, a GM. I think it would take that Jed would step away, bring in like a football czar, and then that guy would clean house on his own. That's yeah. what I think would yeah, happen. Yeah, and it's so hard to, to try to predict what York's going to do. Who right. knows? Yeah. You know, We'll have to find out that end of season that address. That'll be fun. Should we talk to Matt Barrett? Let's give him a buzz. Okay. He is the 49er beat writer for the Sacramento Bee. Follow him on Twitter. I'm sure you already do. At Matt Barrows. Matt, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me on again. So, Matt, listen. I know it's week 17. We still have another game to get to, but all we can seem to talk about here is this this whole feeling of, and this big question of, what's next? Do you have any sort of feeling about what's going to happen? Is, is the shoe going to drop? Is, is Tom Sula out? Is there going to be big changes. What's next, Matt? My guess is that no, Tom Sewell is not out and no, Trent Baalke is not out. Um, I think that uh, perhaps G. Christ will be out. Uh, the, the This 49ers-Rams game is interesting um, only because these two teams are jockeying for worst offense in the NFL. Right. Uh, and, and a loser likely will end up with the worst offense. Uh, you know, whether the 49ers finish 31st or 32nd in that category, um, they're going to be a, a bad offense at the end of the year. Scoring points, scoring um, any type of scoring, uh, picking up first downs has been an issue. Uh, pass protection has been an issue. Gaining uh, yards on the ground has been a problem. So I think that the, the biggest thing that's going to happen, and this is just a guess, but uh, my sense is that the biggest thing that's going to happen with this with this coaching staff and with the organization as a whole is that they may go out and get a new offensive coordinator. Well, I would think you would be a little bit uh, more sure of changes than that. It, I expected at, by this time there'd be just a little bit more uh, consternation with the within the front office about the job that Tom Sula's done. Because I know there was the whispers earlier in the season that he'd probably be back, but man, just the way that this has ended, it's been a real debacle. And he's really looked like he's been over his head, especially uh, after games addressing the media and just not having answers for anything. No, uh, I, I can't uh, disagree with you. Uh, I, I agree wholeheartedly, but. Um, we're not the ones making the decisions here, and I think that, <laughs> unfortunately... Matt Barrows for GM. Of, yeah. The three of us would have solved this a long time ago, let's just be honest. No yeah. doubt about right. it. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, you know, my sense is that uh, I, I talked about the get-out-of-jail-free card that these guys have. I mean, they just had an off-season like uh, no other with uh, the retirements and, and guys stepping um, down and now, uh, once the season began, injuries, uh, you go back to what Tom Sula said at the beginning of the season where uh, they thought that this offense was going to rest on a uh, robust running game and on a strong tight end core. Um, and, you know, their, their, their running back gets hurt, Carlos Hyde, and then the tight end core uh, gets decimated. You know, one guy gets traded and other guys get hurt and whatnot. So they, they have excuses is, is what I'm trying to say. Um, now, whether they should have foreseen some of these uh, these issues mm-hmm. that uh, they're going to use excuses, that's another question. But that's what I anticipate being the rationale 
uh, when uh, we finally get this end-of-year press conference um, where, where Trent Baalke and Jed York talk to the media. Right, and so let's actually let's do that. Let's put you in charge. If if you were <laughs> yes. in charge and you did clean house, does does Mike Holmgren, does maybe a Chip Kelly, Tom Gamble brain trust move the needle at all for you? No, um, I don't think either of those move the needle for me. I mean, I would definitely want an offensive minded coach. Um, you know, I, I think that this is going to be a team that traps a quarterback. I don't know if it's with their first round pick or. The second round pick, but you know, quarterback obviously is um, you know first and foremost, uh, and is going to you know the position that's going to take this this uh, franchise to the next level. So you want uh, an offensive mind um, picking the quarterback and then uh, mentoring that quarterback. Mm-hmm. So um, I, you know, I, I like Mike Holmgren. I, you know, he's uh, loyal to uh, the Bay Area and San Francisco, and that's why. He wants that uh, that job. Um, is he there for the long haul? You know that sort of thing. I don't know. Um, the, the, the stuff coming out of um, Philadelphia with uh, with Chip Kelly isn't very flattering. And um, you know he he didn't really have a winner there in Philadelphia either. So you know to me some of that Chip Kelly allure has has worn off over the last couple of years. But. Uh, I'm sure there are going to be some, you know, interesting names out there when all is said and done. I, I would move on from Jim Tom Sula if, if I were the, the 49ers. Like you said, it doesn't seem to be a lot of answers. And, um, you know, even if you've got a team that has issues, like the 49ers do, you want to see progress. You want to see a, a team ramping up at the end of the year like the Rams are doing. The Rams, right. if they win on Sunday, have won four in a row and, and seem to be moving in the right direction. Uh, the 49ers, it's always been one step forward, two steps back this season. Yeah. Uh, and that, that hasn't changed from, from the get-go. And, and I think Jim Tomsula, uh, everybody likes him. I like him. The players like him. Everybody wants him to do well. But there's just, there's just nothing about him that seems to be propelling this team forward uh, like you had with Jim Harbaugh early on and like you see with some other teams. So yeah, that's the that's the conclusion I've reached. Well uh, said. Yeah. This year. yeah, you know, we're talking coaching staff. I mean, obviously personnel is a big issue as well. You had a great article last week, the biggest offseason need, all of the above, great title. Uh, you're, <laughs> you're ranking the team needs, and, you know, obviously, you know, offensive line, quarterback, these things. You had kickers last on that list, but, you know, with Dawson as a free agent, there's the new difficulty of the, the extra point and Pinions having such a disappointing rookie season. Do you, do you see the team possibly bringing in a new punter and place kicker next year? It's, it's definitely possible. What they've done with, uh, you know, by drafting Bradley Pinion um, and having him do kickoffs is that I think that they've uh, extended Phil Dawson's career a little bit. So, right. you know, with... Um, with uh, the salary cap really not being an issue for this team at all, they could easily re-sign Phil Dawson for another season. Um, you know, the question to me is whether another team would want Phil Dawson more than the 49ers, uh, you know, a team that does expect to go deep into the playoffs. And, you know, if the 49ers are, you know, planning to reboot at kicker at some point, no or, or I should say, uh, pun intended yeah. there. Well done. <laughs> was, nice. I said that was fantastic. But uh, this, this, this would be the, the time to do it, I would imagine. Uh, I, I don't think that anybody's going to 
plan on going deep into the playoffs next year. I, I would I would hope that you don't hear that rhetoric from Balky and York who just uh, smack so false this time around. Um, but uh, like I said, if you were going to break in a new kicker, uh, 2016 might be the time to do it because you're really not counting on any big uh, kicks in you know January and February of uh, the 2016 season. You know, we we were talking just a few minutes ago about about you know the salary cap and how they have so much money to spend. But will anybody actually want to come here? Do you see if there's maybe a one piece that the 49ers could kind of get that guy to sign first, and then other free agents be like, oh, I guess the 49ers are moving in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, people talk about that every year, and they, they talk about with with coaches as well. Uh, I, I have yet to see that play out where a free agent says, nah, I don't want that $50 million. Right. <laughs> I mean, th- this team was terrible, uh, you know, five, six, seven years ago, and they still got, you know, Justin Smith to come here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so on and so forth. And th- there were some other big-name uh, free agents as well. So, you know, if, if the money's right, a guy is going to come here. Uh, you know, the, the name that... That uh, that that jumps out is is Bruce Irvin with the the Seahawks uh, outside linebacker is definitely an area that they need to think about and um, Irvin was somebody that Trent Baalke liked coming out in the draft. Uh, you'd be you know injuring your 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 chief rival in, in the conference by uh, stealing him away from the Seahawks. So there are a lot of reasons that makes sense. Irvin has said. Uh, a lot uh, that he'd love to play in, in Atlanta. He's from that area and obviously is familiar with the uh, the head coach there, Dan Quinn. So uh, that may be where he goes. But that that's, that to me is uh, he, they, they need to have one big uh, free agent signing, whether it's at uh, you know offensive guard, offensive tackle, outside linebacker, wide receiver. Alshon Jeffrey is a uh, is probably going to be a, a free agent uh, this year. So. You know, I, I think um, they, they definitely have the money. They, they could uh, definitely use the, the good PR uh, by signing a big-name guy like that. And, uh, um, you know, as we noted, there are a lot of different positions where that can occur. Yeah, you mentioned Irvin would be a great fit as a, a rush linebacker. Do you remember the story about how Trent Baalke in the 2012 draft wrote a name down the night before the draft? And there was rumors that it could have been Bruce Irvin's name, but it's unclear whether that was uh, A.J. Jenkins' name is the guy they actually ended up drafting. Do you remember that? Oh, absolutely. We, we make fun of that all the time. <laughs> what, uh, do, you, do we have <laughs> clarification on what name that was that was no, written down? No, I, I don't think that there ever was a name. Uh, oh, okay. That was something that, that Jim Harbaugh said. Um, you know, Jim Harbaugh you know, was the first guy to have a press conference uh, that, that day of the draft. You know, Jim Harbaugh, he's, everything is, is positive, and uh, I think he, he just made that up, that they were, you know, they, were they, they had they had A.J. Jenkins, um, you know, circled uh, early on, and that he was their guy all along. I don't think he was their guy all along. I think he was, you know, the guy that they ended up picking because he, he was at the, at the top of their board, but I'm almost certain that they wish they had other guys or, or uh, right. rather... Well, of course, in hindsight, but what I'm saying is that uh, I think they had different draft boards, different scenarios where other guys fell to them, and that you know AJ Jenkins was not you know the uh, the plan A there going into that draft. So hey, I got to ask you, we're we're pretty excited here to finally hear from Jed York. I mean, is is there 
some expectations that it's going to be early next week. Is he going to come out? Is he going to hold a press conference? Because, you know, he he said this whole, hold me accountable. Yeah, this and that. I want to hear from you. If I'm not doing what, you know, what I said I'm going to do. And so so are you going to hold him accountable for us, Matt, for, for the fans sitting at home? Do you want me to throw a shoe at him? <laughs> yes. A sandal <laughs> might be good. Conference? No, I'm sure there are going to be a bunch of columnists chanting at the bit to have their voices heard uh, during – I mean, I'm hoping at the press conference that that certainly hasn't been settled. Sometimes right. in the past, it's been as casual as you know running into the owner in in, in a tunnel of a stadium following uh, the last game of the season. Uh, I remember that happened with John York after a uh, a Patriots game. You know, I think it was 2003 or so. So I don't know what format it's going to be, but I would imagine that Trent Baalke at least has to talk on the record. Uh, in a formal setting. I mean, he's the GM of this team, and he hasn't had a, a, a formal press gathering uh, since, since I don't know when the, the last one was. That's uh, bad. Maybe training <laughs> camp? Was it the draft? Wow. I, I, I can't remember. It was a long but, time ago. Um, yeah, but that's, you know, you, you don't see that very often. Usually these GMs talk, uh, but but uh, he's uh, he's been in hiding a bit uh, recently. So, that, that uh, at the very least, that has to happen. I don't know whether Jed York would join him uh, in that or not, but um, you're absolutely right. I mean, if you say hold me accountable, you have to have a, uh, a means by uh, which to do that. Yeah, now that you mention it, it would be a huge bummer to a lot of people, I'm sure yourself, if it's just sort of a, a released statement on right. January 4th from Jed York and not something where you can grill him with follow-up questions. No, absolutely. Uh, I, I think people want to want to hear that. I think people want to know what the what the thinking is, what the direction of this this franchise is. People have paid a lot of money mm-hmm. uh, to uh, attend games there, and that's not what they signed up for. So uh, there are a lot of raw feelings out there about what has happened to this team very quickly. So real quick, looking ahead to the draft a little bit, uh, which line are you in? Draft a QB early, or is there no point in drafting a quarterback until you can protect your investment with a competent offensive line? Uh, which one of those things do you think is the most important thing to go for first? Yeah, I think it's the line, and I, and I think you can start to do that in free agency. So that doesn't preclude you from uh, drafting a quarterback early. Um, you know, I think this quarterback class, and, and this is all going to play out over the next few months, but... My sense is that you know, people are going to conclude that none of these quarterbacks is as good as Mariota and, Win- and um, Winston were last year. So you're going to have a, a group of four or five guys who are mid to late round ranked type of guys. So with, with Trent Baalke having so many picks, I can definitely see a scenario where he, he takes any position really uh, with that, you know, let's just say that they pick six. Uh, they could take um, an inside linebacker at, at number six and then circle back and come back into the first round and take um, a Connor Cook or a uh, Carson Wentz out of North Dakota State, who's more of a project, but um, you're, you're able to get a bit of a project of a quarterback because you do have Blaine Gabbert signed for the 2016 season. So, that, that's how I see it playing out. Uh, you know, a, a lot will depend on what happens this last week. I mean, if the 49ers, um, you know, are, are sitting there with a very high draft pick and they think that Paxton Lynch, for example, is, uh, you know, is going to be a, a boom type of 
of quarterback, uh, they they might take him, and, and they probably should if they conclude that, and they've got an opportunity to do that. So, um, you know, I, I think it's going to depend on, um, you know, where they end up, who's who's in front of them. Is Cleveland in front of them? Cleveland needs a quarterback. Uh, some of these other teams uh, will be looking for a quarterback. So, uh, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. But, you know, the point of that, that story I wrote last week is that they really can't go wrong. Right. Uh, with that first pick. They need it. They need they need a lot of position. And um, you know, inside linebacker for a guy like Trent Falky who's going into the final year of his contract and uh, you know, needs needs to have a good draft. Um, I, I would think that inside linebacker, you got a kid coming out uh, from from Notre Dame, Jalen Smith who's really good. Right. Um, and you've got one from uh, UCLA. UCLA. Yeah. Um in Jack, who's really good, that's that's a pretty safe pick. That that's you know, and and you can go back to you know, look how good we were when Willis and Bowman were right. controlling the middle. Um, and you know, that's a position where you're going to get a lot of tackles, a lot of playing time out of that guy, and uh, he can make you look pretty good pretty quickly. So that that to me seems like a a pretty strong scenario where they go Smith for instance, with the first pick, and then, you know, let's say Connor Cook at uh, come back and get him at pick 26 or, or whatever it is. Yeah, they did that um, with the uh, Joe Staley pick, where they jumped back into the first round at the end of the round, and that worked out pretty well for him. Yeah, absolutely, and then, then they moved up and they uh, got uh, Eric Reed recently as well. So there, there is a, a bit of a history of Trent Baalke uh, moving up to, to get guys that he likes. So, Matt, I just want to ask you real quick before we let you go, where does a baller like yourself spend New Year's Eve? You know what? Uh, this is going to be really lame for you guys, but I, I celebrated my New Year's Eve on Monday night. <laughs> Early, I like it. Just, the on the, yeah, on the wrong day entirely. Yeah, no lines <laughs> at like, the bar. I was in <laughs> Times Square. It was great. <laughs> That's the type of baller I am. I go, I go so far ahead of everybody else that... Uh, uh, and I'm I'm totally spent. By the way, we've had three road trips to yeah. the Upper Midwest in December, which totally totally sucked. Getting back and forth from these cities, so there's, there's always bad weather. So um, I, I uh, by the end of the season, <laughs> there's very little ball or left in, in that. <laughs> uh, it's, it's pretty pathetic, and I, I, I'm willing to say that. We're starting the the Barrows for GM thing, though. We're gonna we're gonna get that going here. That's right. I'm gonna make the T-shirts. I, I would love that. I would love that. <laughs> he, I'd be a great GM. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna work very hard, but um, I'm gonna make some uh, some some big moves early on. I'm gonna I'm gonna abide by the uh, Bruce Arians uh, philosophy of no risk it, no biscuit. Yes! So, <laughs> if I don't do something in the first two years, you can fire me, uh, and I'll gladly go. Deal. That's awesome. <laughs> He's the 49er beat writer for the Sacramento Bee. Follow him on Twitter, at Matt Barrows. Matt, thank you again. Always great talking to you guys. No, I'm seriously going to make the t-shirts. No I, risk it, no biscuit <laughs> is the best uh, campaign slogan I could ever imagine. But, I too. mean, that's kind of Arian's thing, though. So we got to think of a new one with biscuit in it and risking it. Um, hmm. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not that quick on my feet, but you wait. The t-shirts are coming. And since Barrows isn't a baller, we can't go that route with it. Oh, no, he is a baller. He, he's something about oh, celebrating early. early. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. like the, a hipster baller. Ooh. Where it's like he sees the band before they were big. He right. He, he, he celebrates New Year's a week in advance. Or it's like you know those discos that you go to, or the raves where you wear the headsets. You know, not to upset the neighbors. 
he's that he's that oh, kind yeah, of yeah. so everyone's like dancing yeah. but they're all listening to the same song yeah on but headphones. it's not loud so they can't call the cops because everyone's just quiet and yeah okay yeah i like that i like it so we got anything in the mailbag Oh, we do. Well, <laughs> we, we mentioned uh, Jared Hain earlier, Benny in Australia, and uh, some of our Australian listeners that were on Twitter got really excited. But Benny said the commentary was hilarious because uh, he wanted to clarify, Jared may be a hero to Parramatta Eels fans, and he's a great player, one of our best, but he is not a national hero and a legendary figure. So he... <laughs> He kind of thought that was funny. The, the, the announcers needed to chill out a little bit. Yeah. He said, you Americans are hilarious. Can't be just a cheeseburger. It has to be half a cow, two pigs, four pounds of onion rings, and 16 types of cheese. And don't forget bacon on right. the top, too. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, it's good. SoundCloud commenter. He said, remember, Balky hired Tom Sula as head coach. Mm-hmm. Tom Sula picked Chris as OC. So I think they both need to go. Yeah. So Start at the yeah. top. Take Balky and Tom Sula out along with Chris. No, he talks like... about promoting Logan to offensive coordinator. I, I, as soon as you clean house, I think it's just a whole new staff because yeah. the new guy is going to pick all his own guys. I agree. But I'm not against I, – I, I think that you have to fire Tom Sula yeah. and, and get somebody else in there. I could be talked into bulky either way. I can way. too, especially after uh, But I wouldn't Barrow be surprised if, if you told me you think the way to go is to clean it all out and bring somebody else in and, and start over, including bulky. I would be okay with that too. There's not one guy on that staff where I'd be like, no. No, no, he needs to stay. Like, okay, right. you, I, I could be convinced of anyone going. But in what, what Barrow said about, you know, Balky's in the last year of his contract. Like, he's got a good pick. Like, give him one more chance. I'm okay with that. I am. I, I'm, I don't want it. I, if it were up to me, start fresh. Bring, right. in, bring in all new people. Let's do this. Even York. You know, I mean, I know that's not going to happen. But at right. the same time, like, maybe he needs a new best friend, you know? Right. Well, he just needs somebody under him to do the football stuff, and he needs right. to have his hands off of it pretty yeah, much. Yeah, maybe you, know? you just, you know, you let Balky go out there and be the secondaries coach. You know, that's kind of his new thing, right? <laughs> yeah, he likes coaching up those DBs. Uh, and Mike Holmgren's not the guy. No. I mean, I, I'm a fan of Mike Holmgren. Time. Yeah, that's, that was a long, long time ago when he was but doing But maybe you things. go, uh, you look at Adam Gase again, you know, you bring him in, you're like, no, we're serious this Yeah, time. we're serious. Yeah, he's still not a head coach, and he'll Get, he'll get some interviews for yeah. sure. Um, Chip, I'm not completely against Chip Kelly not if either. he's not the one buying the groceries. Because yeah. I think he's a smart guy. I think maybe he learned from some of his mistakes there. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as it's not like a crazy personality situation we have again, like it was with, with Harbaugh and not getting along with, with York or whatever. But um, I wouldn't yeah, be against that. I wouldn't be against no. Kelly. He's an offensive guy. Sure. And you would at least... It would be more fun to watch, probably. And that's where we're at right now, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not a if fun product. If you're going to lose, let's, let's lose fun. Let's lose with some style. Yeah, yeah let's lose fast. It'd be like the Warriors with <laughs> Nelly Ball, you know? Just just chuck it. I like it. So all that being said, I mean, there is still one more game this year. I mean, they play the Rams. They're at home, so that's you know that's exciting. My buddy tried to give me some free tickets to this weekend. That's that's when you know it's bad when they're like, "Hey, dude, no, just go." I want, and he doesn't want to go for obvious reasons. <laughs> if he doesn't want them, and then you don't even want to take them. That's when you know it's really. I bad. tried to give them to like four different people, like family, you know, like, "Oh, this is really sweet of me. I'm gonna make my mother-in-law really happy." And like, "Oh no, that's right. We have a birthday party to go to this weekend. That's why we're not going. We got to go to the three-year-old <laughs> birthday party." Uh, yeah, I, I offered them to my parents. I offered them, you know, all around. And you want them? You want to go? You I'm work. working. You work. Yeah. yeah, see, everybody's got an excuse. It's real easy to say no when it's week 17 and you're 4 and 10 team, 4 and 11. Hey, one thing I will say, though, mm-hmm. they have the, be- the they have the highest ranked points allowed on defense in home games in the NFL. So the lowest? They've allowed, allowed the least, the fewest points. Wow. 
That's pretty impressive. At home. They definitely play well at home. There's no doubt about it. Right. Something to be said for Levi Stadium. You know, one, one of the few positives. It's going to be empty this weekend, no doubt about it. Rams come in, really bad defense, kind of middle of the road uh, defense. I'm sorry, really bad offense. Uh, right right along with the 49ers, kind of in every category, except for rushing. They're, they're quite a bit better than the 49ers in rushing. That you right. know, their, their running back is not injured. Our running back is injured. Yeah. I don't even want to talk about their running back. You know what? Let's not even talk too much about the Rams. Let's just get Danny on the phone. Let's do it. Okay, she's a reporter with the St. Louis Rams. You should be following her on Twitter if you're not already. It's at Danny Klupp. That's D-A-N-I-K-L-U-P. Danny, thank you so much for joining us. No problem. Thanks for having me again. So, Danny, i got to be honest with you right now. Uh, we were a little jealous. We saw on your uh, Twitter that you were wine tasting yesterday in Napa. The team's practicing up uh, where the Raiders training camp facility is. i, I got to ask you, how's the wine? It's great. And it, it was funny. We were here for two full days before I even had a glass. But uh, oh my. once I did have my first one, it was pretty exciting. I've never been to Napa Valley before. It's beautiful here. Did you do any, like, wine tasting? Did you hop on the train and do, like, the wine tasting tour or anything? Or? No, you know, we didn't. We've been working as well. So, you know, I, didn't, I only went to one vineyard yesterday. Um, some of the players recommended it. Uh, and uh, went out there, and it was great. But we got there so late. It was about 4, 4.30, so they were just closing down. So we just went to one so far, but we're here the entire week, like you said. So I imagine I'll get back out there and hit a couple more up. Sure, working. That sounds like yeah. nice work. <laughs> really tough. <laughs> tough gig you got there. I really, yeah, it's really, really rough. <laughs> Hey, Danny, so when we chatted before the season, uh, the hope was that this Week 17 matchup with the Rams and 49ers would have some playoff implications. Not so much uh, about the only thing that can happen now is playing role of spoiler in draft position. What was it with the Rams? Where did things go wrong this year? You know, I wouldn't say necessarily things went wrong. I think we just kind of got a little bit out of rhythm. You know, we've had different quarterback changes. You've had extremely, like, a ton of injuries to our offensive line. Um, it's just been a you know an in very injury prone year. It's been tough to get in a rhythm, and when that happens, it's really really tough when you're you know you're pulling guys off your practice squad to start on your offensive line. But they've really done a great job for for being able to step up in the absence of some of those key guys. But you know just in the grand scheme of things, it, it, changing quarterbacks mid season, changing an offensive coordinator mid season, you know, there's just been a lot of bumps in the road. Um, but. All I can say is right now we're 3-0 the past since changing our offensive coordinator. And everybody around here has just been saying, you know, let's finish this season 4-0 and really kind of end this season on a positive note rather than a negative one. Yeah, you know, I'm just going to ask you about that. Three straight looking for their first record of 500 or better since 2006. So uh, is it just the offensive coordinator or is it, is it something else that we're not seeing, some sort of secret you know, behind-the-scenes thing that, that's caused this winning streak? I can't tell you it's a secret behind the scenes thing. I will say that, you know, I was a college athlete and we went through a losing streak. And I remember, you know, that's the times where teams can start to fall apart. And and that's the time where you start pointing fingers and blaming one another. And that's something that I have not seen with this team. And that's been consistent throughout the entire season. So I think that just when, you know, it, things really hit the fan, and obviously there was a shakeup in changing the offensive coordinator. I think rather than pushing apart, the guys actually came closer together. And I think it was kind of one of those things like, hey, listen, this is real life. This, we just we had a part in making this 
man lose his job, you know, because right. it's not all on the offensive coordinator. It's on the players. It's on the other coaches, on everyone. And I think at that point it kind of clicked and then like, hey, we got to get it together. And I think that they just kind of came together at that point, and, and that's what's creating this, this extra momentum, this boost of confidence out there on the field. So we're starting to see some heads roll. You mentioned a midseason coaching change for the Rams. Chip Kelly's gone. We're, we're hearing uh, GMs come out and either publicly say that their guy is their guy right. going into the future. Where did the Rams sit with, with Jeff Fisher? Has he done enough to save his job there after a disappointing season and then to come back and, and have a streak here at the end of the year? Is his job safe in St. Louis? You know, I honestly can't answer that question uh, with full certainty. I don't know, but I can tell you from what I you know, being around the team, being around Fisher and things like that, that's not a concern of his, therefore it's not really a concern of mine. So if Coach Fisher's not worried about it, you know, I just feel like that must mean that, you know, wherever he's hearing different things, he must feel confident. So I think right now it's just about winning ball games and, and they'll deal with the coaching um, situations and things like that moving forward. But I do know that all of these guys absolutely adore Coach Fisher. I've never seen a team that, you know, has really been, has really said, you know, guy after guy, I loved playing for this guy. I would run through a brick wall for him is something that Kenny Britt said one time. So I think when you've got guys that love their coach this much, I don't know what's going to happen, but I think that's a good sign for Coach Fisher. Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, um, here we are, 49er fans. we got a pretty bad offense. St. Louis, uh, the, the two of us at the very bottom of the bucket there. Passing, you guys are ranked 32nd, but rushing, yeah, you guys are up there. You're ranked 8th in the league, of course. I'll give you a second here if you just want to talk about him. You you know who I'm talking about. Your your young rookie running back. I don't even want to say his name because <laughs> I'm so jealous. I mean, we have a, a pretty solid young running back in Carlos Hyde as well, but he he can't stay healthy. So if right. you want to just right. just praise your guy for a second, you can go ahead and do it. Todd Gurley is fantastic. <laughs> there. Man, that that guy is amazing. And you want to know what makes him so cool? And just meeting with him and, and talking with him in the locker room, things like that. He is so. Shy is not the right word, but shy when it comes to having to talk about himself. And I think when you've got a guy that came in immediately and obviously missed the first couple games and then still had the impact that he's been able to have rushing for a thousand yards mm-hmm. over ten touchdowns or ten touchdowns, he doesn't act like it. He's not a woe with me, come talk to me, come interview me. I want to talk about, you know, everybody else's play. And I just think that that's really cool out of a guy like him. Um, but yeah, he's just I mean, he gets in full stride and, and it's just really impressive to watch I mean there's times everybody on the sidelines looking at each other like wow you know you hear it from his teammates you hear it from the coaching staff and, and just watching him he does this hurdle thing over defenders it's just <laughs> unbelievable you know Danny I, I love that humble factor you're gonna make me start liking this guy you keep talking like this I think that you need to be team girly <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah team I think girly. that sums huh. up yeah Nick pretty good yeah team girly yeah. <laughs> hey, Danny. Uh, so, look, looking ahead, obviously the season's going to be coming to an end very soon. Here, uh, assuming the coaching staff stays and everything else kind of stays in place, uh, where have the Rams struggled the most in 2015, and where does that team figure to look in free agency in the draft headed into 2016? Um, you know, it's really hard to say because I think that if you were going to look at last year's team and last year's draft, I think that they surprised everyone with going with Todd Gurley and a running back. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's obvious that we've had some injuries to our offensive line. We've had changes at quarterback, but Case Keenum has really stepped up at this point. I, it, you know, it's really across the board. Our offense, you know, had a slow start. And, but they're starting to pick up. It's really hard to tell at this point. I think what's going to be interesting to see is, you know, our defense is very, very strong. I'm interested to see how that works. You know, this is my first 
year in the league, so I don't really understand salary caps and that sort of stuff mm. to full extent at this point. But I think that that's where I'm going to learn a lot in this offseason to see how that's juggled and how they make changes um, as far as that is considered. And, Danny, before we let you get out of here, um, you know, you're talking about the offseason a little bit. Um, there, there's word that the Rams have submitted a stadium proposal to the NFL mm-hmm. to stay in St. Louis. I know there's a lot of talks and you know about them moving down to LA is, is there anything you want to kind of throw into the to the ring here no you guys I know that we play on Sunday against San Francisco <laughs> and that's all we're focused on smart play smart play there <laughs> you can follow her on Twitter at Danny Klepp she's a reporter with the St. Louis Rams Danny thank you so much as always it's pleasure having you on the show thanks guys appreciate it yeah go enjoy yourself some more wine team girly thank you I will <laughs> team girly Always great having Danny on. She, I, you know, I kind of now I want to go wine tasting. I really do. You I have Have you been much to, to much wine tasting? I up, used up to like work now? at a wine bar that served only California wines, so oh. I had major hookups for a long time. How's going your, to wineries getting free wine tasting? Call them and be like, "Hey, I'm from so and so restaurant," oh, and they're like, nice. "Oh, sweet, it's on us." On How's your dime. palate? Can you like detect? Oh, yeah. things oh, I can detect it from across the room. Yeah, yeah. From across the room, yeah. Like, so, like, someone can take a sip and you can smell their breath. <laughs> yeah. You'd be like, oh, did you also have sausage for yeah. lunch? Right. Like, so, for example, I can tell you've sipped a lot of tequila today. How did you know? Yeah. <laughs> Not so much wine. But. Yeah, that's the red face and the yeah. red nose, I think, that's giving away. And I may have wet myself. <laughs> hey, Jared Goff holding a press conference tomorrow, 10 a.m. Tomorrow. I, I mean, wonder what he's going to be talking about. By the time people hear this, it'll probably already have happened, but... Yeah, is he going to go pro? I don't uh, know. Yeah, I mean, you have to go pro after that performance, and he was, was already going to go pro anyways. Yeah, it was a pretty weak defense that he was going up against. Oh, yeah. But at the if same you're, time, yeah, you can't make the, the judgment on Goff after that no. game. I mean, obviously, it was fun to watch. He was it dropping some serious dimes, Yeah, um, which is what I love about him so much is that deep accuracy, mm-hmm. um, quick release, got good feet. Right. Know, is obviously, he's, he's got a slight build, and that's the one thing that's going to knock him in this draft. Are um, the 49ers going to pass on another Cal quarterback? It, it's it's sort of it's almost unfair with with the 49ers needing a quarterback drafting high and having Cal or uh, having uh, Goff the local Cal guy right. who wears number 16 because of Joe Montana <laughs> it's almost too much it's almost yeah. unfair to the guy yeah because you, it's going to be go- people are going to freak out if they don't draft Goff of course yeah and you got all these you know ex 49er greats saying oh take this kid take right. him yeah come on he's the real deal blah 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 oh. it put a lot of pressure on him but. And off, and then there's the Aaron Rodgers thing on top of it. You of course, know. of course, that that's never going to go away. But so here's what you do: is you watch that Air Force game, you're like, man, that was that looked pretty. Right. So then go watch the the Utah game where he didn't look <laughs> as good. But if you still like him after that, then you know he's your guy. Right. So that's kind of what to. you have. Yeah. Yeah. You obviously have to judge the good and the bad. And I will be honest; he carried that team because the Cal Bears' offensive line is really bad. And they know that they're chucking it on every down, so teams are just coming after him. And he gets up every time he gets hit, mm-hmm. and he's dropping dimes. Um, their defense isn't very good. So you can't really look at the win-loss record, which is going to be another knock against him. Right. You can't look at that and say, oh, yeah, maybe it's not that great of a quarterback because they, they were outmatched against all of the better Pac-12 teams. And you know what? He sounds like the kind of guy the 49ers need. I mean, they, nope, you know, bad offensive line, you know, the no real running game happening at all. Sean Drone placed on IR, you know, right. another, they're, they're, that was their third, like, season ending IR running back, fourth if you count Mike Davis. I mean, it's been a rough season for That's 49ers crazy. running backs. Yeah. And they've, they've had a lot of running backs come through that were, they're pounders that almost look for, yeah. Look for contact. And that's which obviously is kind of not the style they like well. in a running back, but yeah, that's, but also, that's not going to last 16 games. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, then you got Reggie Bush who avoids contact at all costs. And, <laughs> well, yeah, you because know, gets hurt on the cement. If he gets touched, he's made of glass. Even the cement hurts him. <laughs> yeah.
I'm totally on board with what Barrows said too about the offensive line and about about the quarterback. If the quarterback's there, you take the quarterback right. if he's the the, the, if the he's right the guy. guy. You want. And if he's the guy he, you wrote down on the piece of paper. Right, if he's written down on the piece of paper the <laughs> night before, the uh, the offensive line immediate needs. That's what free agency's for. Right. You. you you go to free agency, you plug the holes that you have in your roster, the immediate needs you have, you draft for the future. You're not drafting because, right. oh, we don't have somebody at left guard right now. We have to draft left guard. That's not what – No. You, you draft for the future. Yeah, you draft – at this point, it's best available player. I mean, right. go read his article on, on SacramentoB.com or SacB.com. It's fantastic. It, it's He breaks down each position, what's needed, who's there right now, why we need this. And, yeah, I mean, you know. I it, will say this. It, the 49ers are going to go draft somewhere between three and eight. Uh, it's not – set in stone yet um but let, let's say the rams are drafting five picks after the 49ers mm-hmm. um what you think the rams are going to sit there and let the 49ers take a franchise quarterback knowing that they need a quarterback too and knowing that they're gonna have to play against the same guy that they really like right they're gonna go up on top of the 49ers so the 49ers it's gonna be almost impossible for them to sit back at pick five six seven eight and just draft a great quarterback that falls to them because the quarterback would have to fall first and then somebody else would have to not go in front of the 49ers right. to get that quarterback, and there's too many teams that need a quarterback. So it, it, it might be a situation where they have to move up from where they're at, even really high, if they really to, to go guy. get that guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I so, hope I mean, they don't overspend. There's, I mean, there's a lot of drafts to go, so we don't need to get too much right. into that. And we haven't had done all the evaluations yet. I do my own personal evaluations and stuff. There's still a combine and mm-hmm. all-star games to go, and so there's a lot of stuff that can change, but... Yeah, it's it's going to be a quarterback offseason. And, uh, yeah, Barrows really said it well there. It's like who's going to be drafting this quarterback, who's going to be coaching this quarterback is also a huge question. Barrows for GM. Absolutely. No risk. No biscuits and biscuits. <laughs> Barbecued brisket? I don't know. Ooh, <laughs> now I'm hungry. Just this tequila went right through me. <laughs> it did. Thanks to Danny Clevenger. Thanks to Matt Barrows. Have a happy new year out there, everybody. Don't drink and drive. We will need to holler at you again in 2016. We we need you in one piece. Yes, please. When we uh, deconstruct this Jed York press conference after the season. Should be interesting. I can't wait. Follow him at BD Peacock. You follow me at Bay Area Week. Follow our Instagram at Gold Faithful Podcast. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Review the show. Uh, you can reach us by phone, 415-858-0094, or text. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't been got, getting many of those phone calls recently. It's it was, a holiday it was game season. Game at, at when we first brought that out. Yeah. But, uh, uh, also, email goldfaithful49 at gmail.com. We will talk to you next time. See you.